It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name's Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. Thanks for being with us. Here with me in the KFG Studios, certified financial planner Josh Gregory, and joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, Kevin Corhorn. Yeah, glad you're with us, Kevin. You know, we uh, we often say that the motivation to get started in financial planning is event-driven, isn't it? You know, something changes in your financial life, and it causes you to realize that all of a sudden, that game plan that you had, it needs to be adjusted. And I, I really can't think of a more clear example of this than the, the heart-wrenching event of losing a spouse. Mm-hmm. The death of a spouse is, is overwhelming, and uh, of course it creates a life change, but it also creates a financial plan change. So that is something that we're going to be walking you through today. How do you approach financial planning in the midst of your grief? That's right. Tough, tough topic. Actually, we're starting today a three-week series about being suddenly single. This is a request from a fan of the show. I think it's a great idea and hard, hard to talk about, but real life. And oftentimes, uh, financial planning is where real life and your finances connect and intersect. So we're going to be talking about that today. If you have any questions for us, reach out to us. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. We've got a great question um, that was submitted last week. We're going to hit in the second half of the program. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com is how you'd find us. You can submit a question right there on the right. You can call or text 574-222-2000 and then social media. Just search Wise Money Show, whether that's Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or Instagram. You'll find us there and submit questions right there as well. You know what? Um, this this topic of, uh, of financial planning after the loss of a spouse, it's one where my mind naturally goes to the, the most tragic scenarios, and they're often the scenarios where a spouse was lost suddenly. You know, there was no warning coming. And uh, I, one of them that comes to mind, though, I, that I don't mind sharing is um, one that I know has a happy ending to it. But it didn't start that way. Uh, I I once uh, knew a a gentleman who was transitioning into retirement, and I met him once or twice because his financial advisor had already beaten him to retirement. Mm. So we were meeting, and we were kind of getting to know each other a little bit. And uh, very early in that relationship, he passed away tragically on a cruise ship. So he and his wife were uh, transitioning into retirement, he passes away, and now I'm meeting his wife for the first time mm-hmm. after he's gone. And, of course, you know, she's sharing with me uh, that he passed away in his mind was the plan. He had all the details in his head. And, and of course, you know, it's, it's gut-wrenching to me as an advisor because I know the hard road that was ahead of her trying to pick up all the pieces when not even all the pieces are on the table. Yeah. Right. Uh, You know, he's the one who knew what their income situation was, their tax picture. He knew where all the investments were and had a sense or an idea of what their retirement was going to look like. And this cruise ship event 
um, you know, that, that ultimately claimed his life, that was at the very beginning of a major life transition for both of them. And so she essentially was thrust into more than one life-changing event all at once, quick retirement, then the loss of her, her husband. And um, we, we see that all the time, don't we? I mean, there, there are so many scenarios out there where the primary financial manager of the household passes away and not only is leaving behind a grieving spouse, but a spouse that may largely be in the dark on so many of these financial topics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if you're sitting here thinking to yourself, boy, um, yeah, my spouse is probably the, the most um, informed of our financial life. If, if you're not sure how much money's in that checkbook right now, if you don't know the timing of when bills are due or how, how much has this credit card balance grown to this cycle, those types of things, um, you know, it, it may leave you in a vulnerable state like this particular client. And I, I'm happy to say um, I, I know how this, this story has ended because we've been working together for over 16 years now. And I've watched as her own financial savvy has grown and as she has essentially built a new plan, one that is uh, not, not in her husband's head. It's not just in her head. It's on paper. And there, uh, th- there's clues being left behind for her children if something tragically happened to her as well. Yeah. But that's not everybody's situation. Mm-hmm. And it's an important question to be asking yourself, how much do I know about my financial life? And Kevin is actually joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. He is actually down in that area for a couple reasons. One of them to, was to meet with uh, and start a financial planning relationship with the with the child of some of a couple that he served for a long time that actually went through a, a similar situation. Kevin and and when something like that happens um, emotionally, it's just very very difficult. But if you're prepared financially, Josh shared a story of someone where not a lot of preparation, but if you're prepared financially, um, the simplicity and the peace that that can bring during what is such a tough time can kind of reverberate. And that's sort of prompted this new relationship that you've that you're starting with these folks. Is that right, Kevin? Yeah, that is correct, Mike. And it's interesting when you think about this it's kind of overwhelming to think about, all right, if my spouse is gone, if, if my spouse is gone tomorrow or whomever that person is that I'm relying on financially. And um, the, the, what came out of this was the children, the adult children said, hey, we need to have a plan. It is, it is weighing on us. And even, even as simple as just okay, my spouse is went into the hospital and a month later is dead. And it's completely out of the blue, completely unexpected. What do I do even down to just passwords? Yeah, that's what the thing that concerns me. <laughs> so it's like, well, what, what do I do about passwords? But it's not just passwords. So, I mean, really, it's interesting as, as we consider this, there's, there's really two different scenarios. It's the, it's the, it's the person that loses someone unexpectedly or even expectedly that has a plan and has a relationship with a certified financial planner who really acts as the 
chief financial officer knows where everything is, has access to the estate plan, um, all of these things versus someone who is um, has this scenario arise out of out of the blue and doesn't have anything prepared. Yeah, I, that's that's a good segue. So if you're in this tough spot, whether it's sudden or not, um, we're going to talk through some of the common things that you'll that you need to go through. And the very first one is, you know, what are the first decisions that you need to make financially? Yeah, I, I feel like Kevin alluded to this, and it's it's this decision on whom will you trust, right? Um, here's the reality: if if you lose a spouse, there are going to be all kinds of people who, you know, come to your side. Some of them will be self-interested people and others will be selfless people. There will be folks who show up who just want to make a meal for you. They want to, you know, help you keep up on lawn work, that sort of thing, because your mind is going in so many different directions. And those are people that are there to serve. But there are also opportunistic people. And it, it's sad for me to say that. And, and you hope that that's very few people and that it's easy to identify them. But unfortunately, my experience has been that it's sometimes hard to see. Yeah. And you have to decide who are you going to trust. Um, it, it's important to have someone in your life, kind of like the, uh, the EMTs, the first responders who are there. Their first action is to stabilize the patient, right? Your life has been turned upside down when you've lost a spouse. And there's some just practical things like, hey, are all the bills going to get paid? Yeah. Is there enough cash in the checking account to cover whatever checks have been written? You know, do, do you have the practical needs covered so that you can go on one day at a time and begin this long grieving process? Yeah. Yep. I, I, I was thinking that too. I mean, the, the, I would phrase it a little bit differently. I mean, you first need to get your team of financial professionals. Sometimes that, that involves an attorney, depending on how someone passed. Sometimes it involves an attorney. Certainly it, it involves that very crucial role that Kevin talked about, the CFO. We're going to talk a little bit more about, about that. Um, what other decisions need to be made? What areas of your financial life are most impacted? And sadly, what are some of the big mistakes that we've seen so that we can share those with you so you can avoid those? So we've got more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Are you financially ready? Or possibly losing your spouse. I know that is just awful. Emotionally, I, I mean, you can't be ready. I, I don't know. I don't know how you could. But financially, are you ready? And actually, we're going to talk about that a little bit because I think there's different variations of readiness, and uh, and we're talking about that today, and and much more coming up here on on Wise Money with Corn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard with uh, with Josh Gregor here in the KFG studios. Joining us via Skype video, uh, Kevin Corhorn in in Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks for being with us today. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us a few different ways. Search us online, wisemoneyshow.com, or all over social media. You can find us and, and get new content there and also submit questions that way as well. All right. We are into the first of a, a three-week series where we're talking about suddenly single. 
And of course, there each of those situations are are very trying emotionally, but they really wreak havoc on your financial life. Turn your financial planning really upside down. And this first one certainly does that, and that is suddenly being single because of a spouse passing away. We've just started with talking about some of the first decisions that you need to make. And I've got a couple here, and they're not they're not very fun, but I, I would tell you one of the first decisions you need to make is looking at what your short-term objectives are. And that's very, very hard to do, um, especially on your own. I don't even know how you do that on your own. But looking at what your short-term objectives are and then trying to make as few decisions as possible. Being careful not to make too many big decisions, long-term decisions, but looking at what are the short-term decisions and and making some goals and some objectives around those. Also, I had making a budget. I mean, that's one of the first things that you're going to need to do. What's cash flow look like? Where Where is it coming in? And how is it structured? But all of that, going back to the very first big decision you need to make, who's your CFO, even those simple, small things right now that you'd say, yeah, I could do that or I've already got that figured out. If you're suddenly single because your spouse passed away, if you don't have a financial coach, it's going to be extremely difficult to do that. Yeah, and I, I like what Kevin was referring to actually at the break, the difference between an investment advisor and a certified financial planner. You, you may have what you believe is a coach in place, uh, someone who's really just kind of monitoring the investments, guiding that portion of your life. But when you've lost a spouse, it's far more than an investment game plan that is turned upside down. Yeah. And there may be some uh, pieces of your financial plan that are completely missing. And it's a certified financial planner who helps you build those, not just an investment broker. That's right. Yeah, the certified financial planner is going is holistic. So the help that you're going to get from your certified financial planner, I really look at those. There's two camps. There's um, the, the the situation where someone has a certified financial planner and the situation where someone doesn't. So even if you may have an investment advisor or someone else um, in your financial life, you need help in all of the six areas of financial planning. And you need that coach that can um, just take your hand and walk you through those six areas because each of those areas is going to be impacted in a very meaningful way at the loss of your spouse. Well, so that's a good transition. Let's talk about what are those, what are the areas of your financial life that are most impacted, that really come into focus when you go through an event like that? Well, this is a show about financial planning, right? And we talk about the six areas of someone's financial plan, the six key disciplines of, of financial planning. And the first one is your present financial position. And this one is, is maybe very clear. Um, if you lose a spouse, that spouse may have uh, an income that they've been bringing in, either by salary or maybe they have a pension or Social Security, and there may be a disruption to that income. So one of your first decisions is to stabilize or at least to understand what is cash flow now. And as you were pointing out, Mike, one of the first things that maybe needs to be refined is the budget that you're working off of. Mm -hmm. That's harder to do if you've never been involved in the budgeting process. So there, there may be a learning curve there, but uh, don't, let, don't let that B word uh, scare you too much. It's really you just understanding 
what money's flowing into your household, what money needs to be flowing out as well, and there's some portion that maybe is captured for your future. If there is, if if again you're suddenly single due to a spa- passing of your spouse, I mean one of the one of the other reasons that present financial position comes into focus is if there are resources from life insurance or something like that, you might quickly have this urge to either pay off a bunch of debt. Maybe that's the right thing to do, but I don't know. A lot of people quickly do that without looking at all of their options. Or there's the other potential risk, and you say, I'm keeping all that in the bank. Again, maybe that's the right idea, maybe not. But all of that comes in, into focus there in your in your present financial position. The other and, obvious, one other and, obvious. And uh, Mike, not, yeah. not to uh, interrupt here, but um, I will interrupt because it's important with, with the present financial position one thing just a practical thing if your spouse who died was working one of the things that you need to do is go back to the the all former employers and see if there's any kind of uh, benefits as far as life insurance or pension or things like this but you were talking about paying off debt and we encourage people to wait and we've even seen scenarios where the person who died had a specific debt in their name and they got legal counsel to not pay that off. That's right. So it's, it's, it's tricky because um, I, I would say it's a very emotional time and try to not trust your emotions. Anytime you make a, a financial decision in the context of emotions, it's quite possible it's the wrong decision. Yeah. Your estate plan, obviously, is going to be impacted as well as your protection plan. I mean, one of the things, health insurance, if the primary breadwinner is the one that passed away, um, some of those benefits may have passed as well, or you might have just a, a certain window where you can extend those benefits. So estate planning and protection planning really go hand in hand. What about tax planning? Yeah, tax planning is a big one. And unfortunately, no one's mind goes to their tax picture after losing a spouse because often we've kind of trained our mind to only think about taxes once a year when it's time to prepare those returns. But the, the reality is that when you've lost your spouse, something is going to change in your tax status. You're either going to eventually go to a single tax filer instead of that married filing joint return that you've been used to. Or if you're still raising children at home, you may be able to file as a head of household. So there's more than one option, but uh, there's a limited number of, uh, of years here, either one or two more years where you get to file that joint tax return right. uh, as you're used to. After that changes, your tax picture is very different and maybe your tax needs, maybe your tax threats uh, are, are changing in front of you. There's Yeah, there's a special filing status called qualifying widow that you may be eligible for after the passing of your spouse as long as you have dependent children at home. And, and a couple other qualifications, but that can still allow you to file a tax return as a joint preparer, um, and which could leave a small window to do some very, very important tax planning. And, and I don't want you thinking, well, geez, that's a terrible time to start being opportunistic. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. However, we still want you to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. If we transition to start talking about, well, what are some of the big mistakes 
that we see people make uh, after this situation, some of them is they had an opportunity to really save some taxes over their lifetime. And because of just being emotional or possibly, like Kevin has talked about, not having a certified financial planner in the loop already and a, and a CFO for on your team already, you just missed those opportunities. That's right. And it, it may, sometimes I feel a little insensitive bringing up tax planning um, opportunities when someone is early in the grieving process, right? But it's because it's such a narrow window of time that you have to jump on these things. And, and that's why you want someone in your corner with you mm-hmm. who is keeping an eye on the stuff that your mind just will not go to. It shouldn't go to. You shouldn't be thinking about taxes, but someone needs to be right. uh, at this uh, at this narrow window of time. Yeah, that's right. So, and I tell you, so I, obviously that's a that's a geeky, that's a technical mistake that people make. That's that's by far not the biggest financial mistake that we see people make in this situation. So we've got that and more, as well as all right. Not that you'd want to um, focus on this event, but how can you prepare financially? Um, for this event to, uh, to, to, you know, if it ever happens to you. So we've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard here in the KFG studios with Josh Gregory and joining us remotely from Atlanta, Georgia, Kevin Corhorn. Hey, if you're not watching on YouTube, you got to check it out. I mean, Josh and I are here in the studio. Kevin is uh, is joining us. We're actually getting his video feed. You can count his nose hairs if you want. Uh, that's <laughs> also a place that you can catch every previous episode of the Wise Money Show. So if there's something that uh, a topic that you've missed or you need to catch up on things, everything's right there. You can submit questions, comments there as well. I'd encourage you to subscribe to that channel and sign up for notifications. Thank you very much. We are in the first segment of our three-week uh, three series about being suddenly single. The first one, they're all very emotional, but this one in particular, about being suddenly single, the financial ramifications that follow if you lose your spouse. Um, and right now, we're, you know, Josh in particular has had a lot of experience. We, we, get, this, we get this situation a lot, actually, um, it, it, and it's, it's tragic. And so from that experience, we've, we've seen lots of people make some missteps, and we're going to share those right now to help you avoid them. Yeah, I think one of the the first things that I would make sure to avoid is I would avoid walking this road alone. So when you have lost a spouse, make sure you have an advocate. And I'm not talking about a financial professional who's going to walk you through the six areas of financial planning. I'm talking about and, and what our experience is, okay, if you are older, you may want your adult, one of your adult children to join you in this process. If you are younger, you may want one of your siblings or your parents to join you, but make sure you've got someone walking through this process who's able to go to the various meetings that need to be held and all these other things together 
um, so that you've got an advocate and someone who can listen and help you take your next wise step because it's it's um, if you don't have that it's you're you're prone to making decisions in a vacuum and in a vacuum almost any decision can make sense and you don't want to make decisions in a vacuum you want to be making decisions in the context of what has just happened and then you want a, a great coach you want a leader a leader's job is to define reality so this leader is defining reality and coaching you through and this this is a person that is able to gauge how are you doing emotionally um there's a there's a whole process of when do we make decisions what decisions do we make next how does it need uh, to happen and so and it's 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 very difficult when someone is in a grieving process because really the decisions that need to be made to the extent that it's possible you, you want to prolong yeah. the making process as long as possible as long as it's practical the problem is there are decisions that need to be made right away and if you are in the middle of the storm it's sometimes difficult to distinguish what needs to be done right now and what can can i push off for six months or 12 or 18 months you're exactly right kevin and I, i'm glad that you you refer to an extra set of eyes or ears in that meeting with a financial professional, someone who can be advocating for you, also someone who can just help with the implementation. There's, there are going to be some times where there's action needed. A phone call needs to be made, an account needs to be switched, whatever it is, someone who can help you remember uh, what to do next because yeah. your head will be so cloudy. But often we've said that... Uh, Folks who are going through a grieving process, they want to be able to take back some sort of control because life feels out of control. And making decisions is a form of control, right? And the, the, the issue is or the mistake that can happen is when you're making big picture, major, permanent decisions without really an overall game plan in place yep. or worse, one, one that I've often seen where other people's agenda starts driving your decision-making. Uh, there have been times when I've been asked to essentially be the bad guy, if you will, and, and tell family members, no, now's not a great time for mom or dad to make this major gift to you. Mm -hmm. Right. That there are needs that pop up. And if suddenly there's, for, for example, life insurance or new resources that are dropped into a, a grieving spouse's hands, they suddenly have the power to maybe alleviate certain needs for family members. And um, the question may start start popping up. You know, I, I need help with this. I need help with that. And uh, until you know for sure how much is enough for you to be able to live out your days and cover your own needs, the risk of giving away too much money is a very real one. Yeah, right? I, I listed that. Deploying all of the money, all of the resources, whether it's life insurance or retirement accounts, because it's hard when you go through something like that uh, and, and, and you sit down with a financial planner and, and they ask you, okay, so I know it's hard for you to think about this, but where do you want to go financially? What's important to you now? What's the long term look like? And and I I haven't seen I don't I can't think of a one example where someone said, "All right, I know what I want to do now." No, they're just sort of you don't really know. 
Yeah. And when that's the case, and you're tr- and you try to make a lot of decisions, that's just that's oil and water. You can't you can't do that. And so, what decisions need to be made now? Let's make those. And then any long-term or future-based decisions. If the future isn't clear yet, you can't make those decisions. Heather called my office three days after her husband died of a heart attack at work. And we've worked together six years. I think I lost count. I think it's eight times she called me to say, all right, I'm finally selling the house. And she just sold the house now because mm-hmm. each time I would say, Heather, are you sure that's what you want to do? Is that where you want to go? And it's been eight, the eight times she wanted to sell the house. She has picked eight different places where she would move. And so, you know, just wait, wait on some of those big decisions. Yeah, it, it sure feels like housing or your decision on where you're going to live, uh, where you're going to work, how long you're going to work. Those those types of major life decisions you would never have rushed into with your spouse living. Yeah. So don't feel like you have to rush into those decisions now either. Kevin, any any other mistakes before we move on to how you can prepare for for this? No, I I think that's the 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 key is because there there are a lot of specific things that you should do and you shouldn't do. And, you know, there's, you can actually, you can Google search checklists for what are, what are my next steps and things like this mm-hmm. as far as administrative things to do. But I do think the, the most important thing is to be, be very slow um, to make decisions. And like you said, do not think of yourself now that you've got this, likely you've got some sort of sudden money. You are not officially the bank and you are not, you have not become the solution to all your family members or your financial problems. What a, what a, I mean, as I'm listening to us, I'm just, what a, what a hypocrisy. We said there's some decisions you'll need to make in the short term or you'll miss some opportunities or, or not be set up correctly. You've got to do those things right. But then I keep hearing us say, but don't make too many decisions. Yeah. Once again, if, if you're not working with a, with a CFO, with a certified financial planner who's helping with comprehensive financial planning, it's going to be hard to distinguish between those two. So if we transition to, all right, hopefully you haven't gone through this sort of situation. But if you did, if you did, what, what do you need to be doing right now to prepare for that? And again, not to beat that drum, but the first thing I do is is to get that financial planner in place if you don't have one already so that you can have a comprehensive plan and a comprehensive view of your financial life. Yeah, a comprehensive approach to your financial plan is going to reveal what are the time-sensitive decisions or adjustments that need to be made. And as many of those decisions that you can put into a future uh kick the can down the road, postpone as long as you can, that will give you the time to clear your head, to start to gain a, a better vision for what the future is going to be and not rush into uh, too many of those decisions. Yeah, that, that's right. So I, I also think, you know, trying to trying to prepare for this sort of event would be, I mean, it's, it's very difficult. However, the financial planning process in and of itself helps you prepare. 
mean, one situation is even just doing a needs analysis, uh, getting an updated um, financial statement or, or, or balance sheet, if you will, so you have an accurate inventory of your entire financial life. There are several more things that you could be doing right now to prepare for this sort of transition in your life um, so that even though it'd be emotionally just awful, financially, it can go smooth or as smooth as possible. So we've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for tuning in. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG Studios, Joshua Gregory, joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, over Skype, Kevin Corhorn. If you've missed anything, I'd encourage you to check out the podcast. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is available on podcast wherever you listen, whether that's iTunes or Google Play, wherever. Just search Wise Money Show, and you can find every episode right there, including this one. And I'd encourage you to subscribe for that podcast, rate the podcast, list any comments, questions, and then also share any relevant relevant topics with friends that you think would be helpful. This particular one, we're talking about the key financial decisions that you need to make if you find yourself suddenly single because your spouse passed away. And next week, we're going to continue this series and talk about if you find yourself suddenly single due to divorce. I mean, we talk about an emotional event that also has huge financial planning implications. That's another one as well. So, okay, well, let's let's put the wraps on this. And again, trying to trying to prepare in advance. What could you do before you find yourself suddenly single in this situation? What could you do to, to, uh, to be as ready as possible financially? Well, one of the things that you can do if you are, are currently married and you say, I'm not in this situation, one of the things you need to do is run the fire drill and say, okay, what happens if I'm gone tomorrow? And I would encourage you to have a family meeting if you've got children that are of age where they can start to understand this stuff. Um, I'm going to say in their in their high teens uh, or early 20s is probably the the right time to do something like that. Have the family meeting and say, hey, this is what's going to happen if I'm gone tomorrow and you're with just mother, or if mother's gone tomorrow and you're with just me. This is how things are going to look. And this is how these are the preparations that we've made. And this is what the what work will need to be done. And oh, by the way, if we're both gone, this is what needs to happen. So having these conversations, most uh, most folks are not great at having these conversations because you never have to have these conversations. Most of the time it doesn't uh, actually happen. But I would try to figure out how to run the fire drill. And um, if, if you're in the situation where you're married and both spouses are currently in the picture, if you've lost your spouse and you're grieving, I would say find, find your advocate who's going to go with you and then together find a financial advisor. Make sure that they're certified. So make sure you're working with a certified financial planner who addresses the six areas of your financial life because they're there's um, there's a breathtaking amount of work to do 
Um, so work with someone who has been suddenly single dozens of times. Yeah. Because in a, in a financial advisor with experience has actually walked through this situation over and over and over again. So they're not overwhelmed by all that needs to be done here. You're exactly right. You you never want to be facing a situation where you are that grieving spouse. You've said goodbye to a loved one and and you're facing regrets. No regrets should be the goal. And one of the ways that you avoid having those regrets is by being proactive in your planning. And that that certified financial planner that Kevin was referring to that should be someone who's guiding you along with your spouse. It shouldn't be one spouse is managing the finances or setting the plan in place. It should be both of you building it together. And a certified financial planner is the one who will walk you through the fire drill, as, as Kevin said. We often ask people, if you had passed away yesterday, would your plan have been carried out the way that you wanted it today? And it's questions like, first of all, do you have an estate plan? Do you have the right legal documents in place so that your wishes are carried out on your behalf when you're gone? Do you have the right amount of life insurance in place? You know, we, we think of life insurance as something, ah, so, some people say it's not necessary. I'm not going to pass away uh, prematurely. And statistically, maybe that's a good gamble, but it's a monster gamble because those who are facing a, a, a grieving situation after losing a spouse, I'll, I'll tell you, those who have the right amount of life insurance proceeds and those who don't are facing a very different future, yeah. right? And, and you get to choose which of those categories you're going to be in. And then also don't make the mistake of missing your beneficiary elections, getting all the ducks in a row, making sure that whatever's left over um, when, when you pass away um, goes to the people that, that you care most about. Kevin also mentioned minor children or, um, you know, if you're still in the child-rearing stage, how do you make sure that they are cared for by a trusted custodian as well until they're adults and can stand on their own two feet? These are decisions that no one likes to face. Mm. But the last thing you want is re- is any kind of regret after a, a tragic scenario um, is facing your family. Yeah, the, 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 the best thing, again, that I can say, and this is not self-serving, this is the truth because we've seen it. We've seen it um, in, in, in kind of both sides of the spectrum. Get a financial plan in place and have a relationship with a certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning. I, that, that is really, I mean, all of those things that Josh mentioned, that Kevin mentioned, will be addressed with your certified financial planner. So, all right, we are going to be transitioning right now. We've got a great question here from Eric. Eric is 47. Here's what he asked. I'm going to be starting a new job in the next month. They have health insurance, but I won't be eligible for 30 days. What are my options until I'm eligible for the new group health insurance plan? What an important question. You know, when you're in a transition to a new employer uh, and you're sorting out all the details of what their new uh, employee benefits are going to be, there is often a gap between the coverage maybe you once had and the coverage that you uh, are going to have maybe 30 days down the road, like Eric's saying. Thankfully, there are some laws in place that give you options on this. If you're coming off of a group plan through a former employer, 
uh, you may be eligible to buy COBRA or to pay for COBRA. This is basically a way to continue the benefits you once had. And they can, they can charge you uh, for this. They can charge up to 102% of what the total premium was on that old plan. Mm-hmm. They, they throw in the extra 2% there for administrative costs, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you have a limited window of time to make a decision on whether or not you're going to be going on COBRA or taking advantage of this opportunity. It's a 60-day window. Thankfully for Eric, that window kind of covers him or extends beyond his uh, 30 days, assuming that he just came off of that other plan, right? Good point. So something to watch for. The, the other options out there that come to my mind are uh, the Affordable Care Act. You can go out into the marketplace and buy your own insurance. Um, and e- even though you might not keep it very long, mm-hmm. it could be an opportunity for you to protect against, you know, what, what if, God forbid, a, a major health concern came up at just exactly the wrong time while you're between these two group plans. You know, rolling the dice and just going without is awfully risky. And to save yourself a few hundred bucks or a couple thousand bucks may not be worth it. Over the past couple of years, we've seen short-term policies actually come back. I'm not going to speak to the quality and how much they cover. In my my kind of general sense, if it's something elective that you could delay until the group plan, um, but you've got a short-term policy, I'd probably delay it. But it, I think it's it's really there for those catastrophic type type events. One other thing I'd, I'd mention about COBRA, um, that 102%. Here's something I see people get confused of a lot. It's not 102% of what you were paying. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> you, when you switch over to COBRA, you suddenly realize how much your health insurance actually costs because your employer is likely paying a decent portion. For COBRA, you actually pay 102% of the entire cost. And so I would hope, Eric, I'm not sure where you are in this transition, but that you've got your financial house in order and that if you do need to go on COBRA for a month or, or a couple months or however long this transition is, that you've got the resources there so it doesn't stun you in your financial life where all of a sudden you're using credit cards to buy groceries and, and that sort of thing. So Yeah, Eric, I've got two words for you. Ted Foster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the, my, my first, the first thing that I would do as a financial planner we specialize in being generalists. So there are things that you want to know that are very specific to your situation and it, it's incredibly easy to make a mistake. So I would seek professional guidance and that is Ted Foster. That's right. All right. Great, great question, Eric. Thanks for sending that in. All right. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.